I wonder how much this could help so many kids Mm -hmm. in just actually being mindful because again, there's so much going on in their world, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much change. Everything's so fast. Like their mind is all over the place. Like if you can teach your kids to say, okay, hold on. I'm going to be in here. I'm in the car ride with my parents. This is the only thing that matters is this conversation I'm having with my mom or my dad or my mom and dad and, or my sister, whatever. Like that's what I'm locked into. And I'm actually retaining the things that I get from that conversation as opposed to just like it is with a lot of kids right now. Yeah. And you say teaching and my mind goes to what techniques do I got to use? What, what, what activities should I, the teaching comes from how am I acting? Yeah. Am I on my phone constantly when my my son's trying to talk to me? Am I constantly watching TV? Am I always distracted? That's how you teach your kid is by embodying it yourself. Exactly what this article is talking about. Ty. You're freshly back from Colorado. How was it? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, it was It was a much-needed week for my family and I, for yeah. sure. Um, it, was, it was a test. Honestly, it was, it, was a, it was a full week with zero service. Like, I mean, I didn't answer an email. Like, I got a couple texts out here mm-hmm. and there. It was like things, something would come through, but it was, it was totally unplugged totally present with my family and it was man it was one of the greatest weeks that we have had yeah uh, we drove there so how was that by the way you said first road trip with all yeah the kids. it was the first one with all the kids honestly they did amazing um the first leg we drove overnight right mm-hmm. in anticipation and um um how'd they uh, sleep the twins did great uh, the bigs who have done road trips before it was a little it was a little harder for them um but they did great. Like, yeah, drove overnight, got there. We got to, you know, from from Dallas area to Colorado Springs. We got there at like 7 a.m. and um, grabbed breakfast, got up. It was great. It honestly was – the drive was there, and the drive home was, was even, even better, honestly. Um, but, man, the week was just – it was incredible. It, there were so many components of it um, that – that we needed are things that we've talked about. Um, I mean, I go back to, you know, the book that we just did coddling in the American mind and how, talking about how kids like free play. Like it was, it was a, literally a Sunday to Saturday where our kids would get up in the morning and they'd be like, all right, we're out. And then they leave the cabin. We had a bunch of like little tiny cabins that we all stayed in. And um, there was, and then they'd be out and they'd go down to the stables and they'd brush horses and, um, and then they'd go play with the other kids. There was 38 kids under 12 that were there. Jeez. <laughs> so it was, it was like 10 families. Um, and it, man, it was just, it was an amazing week. Um, it was, it was spiritual. It was, um, uh, I mean, it, there was recovery. There was exercise. There was like hobbies, like, I was 100% in my element because it was very, very, like, Western. And so it was, like, I wore boots, jeans, snap, pearl snap shirts, cowboy hat every single day. Yeah. I was on a horse every single day. I mean, we were, we were working cattle. We were on horse rides. We were hiking up to beautiful waterfalls. Um, we were doing line dancing. We, I mean, it was just, like, and it was amazing. And, and Tiffany, who, like, that's not necessarily her element, mm-hmm. like, was all in yeah and she just absolutely crushed it and i mean we are our kids are already talking about next year that's awesome so it was just a and and the the community too like it was a it was a community of families that like we kind of know um but like that intense of a week and then to see the kids play and interact and have like best buddies and like you know it was just so fun man it was it was such a restorative week for our family yeah no that's awesome and you said, how, how was being unplugged, being disconnected for you personally? How was that? Yeah. So it was, um, I was nervous about yeah. it because, but it was, man, it was such a perspective shift to like realize the world still goes on without me. <laughs> like 
I didn't. I think put you in your place a little bit. Yeah, we trick (laughs) ourselves into thinking like, hey, this all goes because of me. Right. Like this is all going to happen. This. I mean, nothing happens without me. I control everything, and that's not the truth. Like you supported me. My other partners at work, like they were able to step in and like keep things moving and and get the things done. And it was like, it was a, it was a good realization because I struggle with that a lot. I struggle with kind of like get my claws into a project and not letting go. And it's like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. No, I got it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, when I have teammates that are more than capable of, of, and like, you know, we work on a handful of projects together and it's like, you can drive it just as well as I do. But I like sometimes just like latch onto it. And it was a good week being completely unplugged mm-hmm. and then catching up, you know, Saturday on some of my drive home and, and yesterday. And it's like, Oh, like things are still moving forward. How many emails did you have Saturday or were you able to somewhat um, clean up? Yeah. The so w- the only thing that I did while I was there was I eliminated like junk email just so like I'd stay on top of that. So I'd delete, you know, 30 or 40 emails a day just so like, all right, I don't have 560 emails to go through. Yeah. So I was, I was trying to keep it. Um, so I probably would have 25, 30 emails a day or so like legitimate, uh, legitimate emails, um, which five of them required. I mean, five each day would require some sort of response. Mm -hmm. Um, but man, it, and then also too, which is crazy, is typically like Tiff. Even we we had a, a home group last night, and she's like, "Oh, we're gonna pay for Tyler being unplugged for a week because <laughs> usually if if I travel at all and I get behind a day, two days, let alone a week, like full anxiety, stress, like crazy." And this week it was really man, it was really sweet because, um, like I yesterday was just like. Let's yeah. just go. Let's just go attack this week like normal. Like, no elevated anxiety. No, and it's just it's been it's been a really cool, uh, a really cool perspective shift because of just that silence that yeah. like I was able to like actually enjoy. Yeah, my mind wants to go a hundred different directions because you said so much, and based in one week, and maybe we'll start with. It's incredibly sad. It's incredibly amazing, but it's yeah. incredibly sad that that week is so novel to us now. I know. Think about 20 years ago when you didn't have an iPhone. You weren't constantly connected to email. That was the norm. Yeah. Was having weeks like you just had. A vacation truly was a vacation. A vacation being truly a vacation. Like we have a call today, and and this is uh, with a a prospect, a new prospect. And they are – and I'm not – this isn't saying anything bad, but like this is how we are. He's – He's in the Caribbean on an anniversary trip, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be just on the beach. Like, call me. I'm like, okay, like if you want. <laughs> but, like, you're on an anniversary trip in the Caribbean, and it's like we're taking work calls. Right. Because that's how – that's what, what we're in. Mm-hmm. That's the phase of, of our culture that we're in, which right. is wild. Yeah. Yeah, and that actually leads exactly into what we're talking about today is, is mindfulness. And – in that book, The Coddling of the American Mind, he references an article by the New York Times called What is Mindfulness and Why Do Kids Need It? Mm-hmm. And I think your story of last week is a perfect example of what this article talks about, mm-hmm. which is, number one, what is mindfulness? But number two, how can we implement it not only in ourselves but into our kids' lives as well? All mindfulness is really at the – and we'll get into the definition. All it really is is being present in uh, whatever given moment that you're in. And to what we were saying a second ago, we're so connected now more than ever that we're on an anniversary trip and we're taking business calls. We're in Colorado with our family and we're checking emails. We, the capacity to just be in the here and now is a foreign concept in 2022. And some of us struggle with it more than others. Some people do a really great job at this. I'm not somebody who does a great job at this. Yep. It, it takes conscious effort for me to sit there and think, okay, I need to be present right now. Yep. I need to be mindful of what, I'm, what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We went to a Rangers game this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And my mind, and we're actually going to read a book, we're actually going to go through a book series called The Molecule More. It talks about dopamine. Mm-hmm. 
So there's a scientific explanation to it. But my mind, while I'm sitting there with my family at a baseball game, is thinking, okay, where are we going to go for dinner next? What are we going to do at bedtime? It's constantly on the next thing. It's never just sitting there in the moment. Hey, we're at a baseball game. This is awesome. I'm with my boys who've never been to a baseball game, and we're just enjoying the time. So I had to consciously bring my mind back over and over in that game because I'd read this article because this has been on top of my mind. I had to bring my mind back to what are we doing right now? Because I'm constantly thinking about what's next. It's a blessing and it's a curse. Mm -hmm. It's great because you get things done and you're constantly driving forward and you always have ambition, but it hurts you from appreciating what's going on in the moment. Yeah. And I think that's what last week probably taught you more than anything 100%. was how important right now is. Yeah. You're never, your kids will never, ever, ever be exactly as they are today. Yeah. Ever again. And how many times we still look forward. That's why people always say, well, time flies when you have kids. Well, it flies because you're constantly ambitious about what you're doing. Yeah. And you're always looking forward to the next thing. And you're thinking about your kids when they're at their next phase. Right. And, oh, it's going to be easier when we get here. And, like, you're not fully in the minute. And last week, and to your point, last week, like, it was the first time I felt time go slow. You know, usually you're on vacation and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm already in day four and we're leaving tomorrow. Like, yeah. how did we get here? So it went so fast. And like, I, like, it was so fun. And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is just dragging on and on. But I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, it's only Tuesday. It's only Wednesday. Like how much more time you get back when you're not thinking about mm-hmm. everything else and you get to actually appreciate and enjoy those moments. And it really, truly seemed like time slowed down. Yeah. Which is wild because think about how fast life is going right mm-hmm. now. And it was the first time I was like, this is awesome. Like, you know, when you like, you're in the innovate and you're like, I have four more nights here. Or I have two more nights here. I have three. This is great. And like outside of thinking like, oh, I have those things. It's like, awesome. Yeah. Like what's ne- what, where are we, what are we doing right now? <laughs> right. And so, and my wife made multiple comments. She's like, I, I don't know if I have seen you this happy in a long time. Mm. I mean, part of it had to do with like, I, we got to do a lot of things that I just love doing, but like, even with my kids, like, and as a dad and as like, and as a husband, it was just like, everything was sweeter. Cause I was literally there and in and like mm-hmm. with my kids, like cheering my kids on, on the kids rodeo or line dancing with my daughter or like whatever it was, it was just like, everything was so sweet yeah. because it was like. I wasn't thinking about, okay, that project that I got to do next week, that tour I got to schedule for the week after that, um, you know, the stuff I got to do at the house when I get home and this. And it was like literally because when you remove that connection to that, whatever that is, intentionally, unintentionally, it's like awesome to say, oh, my gosh, I can actually just put my focus onto this thing that I'm doing right now. Yeah, ambition and drive and, and forward thinking are all great things. And they, and they allow you to do incredible, they allow you to accomplish incredible things. But they do rob you of happiness. They do rob you of joy in certain ways. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Had you constantly been thinking about the drive home or the projects that you're missing out on, you would have missed out on all the joy yeah. of being in the here and now of this week. And again, we're going to talk about this more when we go through that book study. But you're 37, I'm 34. Imagine having these type of realizations when you were eight. Nine, ten, yeah, and growing up in a way that yes, you are forward thinking, yes, you are ambitious, and, and you're going to honor that, however much of that that you have, mm-hmm. but you're also not afraid to enjoy the moment yeah. and stay in the present moment, and that's what this article talked about. The good news about this article is there's nothing earth shattering in here. Yeah, for whatever reason, I guess whenever I printed out and started reading, I was thinking, man, they're going to have some sort of secret and have some sort of trick that I haven't been doing, and this is going to be awesome. But actually, the more awesome thing is all these things are so achievable. They just take a little bit of effort. Yeah. And so, like I said, this, this article came from the book, uh, The Coddling of the American Mind. He made this suggestion towards the later chapters. Um, and, and the title is, What is Mindfulness and Why Do Kids Need It? And so it starts with a section called How It Helps. Adversity comes to us from the moment we are born. Infants get hungry and tired. Toddlers grapple with language and self-control. And as children develop through adolescence to become teenagers, life grows even more complicated. Developing relationships, navigating school, and exercising independence, the very stuff of growing up, naturally creates stressful situations for every child. At each developmental stage, mindfulness can be be a useful tool for decreasing anxiety 
and promoting happiness. Mindfulness, a technique that emphasizes paying attention to the present moment in an accepting, non-judgmental manner, has emerged as a popular mainstream practice in recent decades. It is being taught to executives at corporations, athletes in the locker room, and increasingly to children both at home and at school. And so that's really all mindfulness is. Again, when I think of that word, my mind goes to the hippie with the dreadlocks and the you know, the reefer and meditation, meditation right? And, and, All it is is being locked into what you're doing right now. Yeah, they made a reference to the locker room. Um, and I think back in my career and my last year, unfortunately, was the first time I implemented it. Um, I was, and I think this mindfulness is, is what the athletes, and I'll just keep it to sports, the athletes that, are considered the goats, they practice this. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was so consumed, I would let one play, one play happens to say, you know, it didn't go well. And typically it was when it was a negative play, if like I didn't do what I was supposed to do, I would spend the rest of the game and the rest of the next day stressing about that film session. Mm. Yeah. So like I'm literally now going through other plays in the back of my mind Worrying about three plays ago when I missed that block when it was a tackle for a loss. Yeah. Like, it would, I was, and then my last year, it was like, only thing I can control is this next play, what I do right now. And it was the best I ever played. Like, literally, my last season, although my team did not do, we did not have a good season, personally, like, I played the best that I played because I played free of the burden of, the moments that I couldn't control. Yeah. yeah. And it only took you seven years in the NFL to figure that it's out. Whatever. <laughs> so that's the point of this article is, is teaching it young and embodying it young. Yeah. And talking about early habits. Children are uniquely suited to benefit from mindfulness practice. Habits formed early in life will inform behaviors in adulthood. And with mindfulness, we have the opportunity to give our children the habit of being peaceful, kind, and accepting. Part of the reason why mindfulness is so effective for children can be explained by the way the brain develops. Connections in the prefrontal cortex are created at their fastest rate during childhood. Mindfulness, which promotes skills that are controlled by the prefrontal cortex, like focus and cognitive control, can therefore have a particular impact on the development of skills, including self-regulation, judgment, and patience during childhood. We hear all the time, like, well, kids are dumb. Part of the reason they're dumb is their brain literally isn't developed yet well let's use that to our advantage let's teach skills early on while their brain is developing that allow them to evolve and and develop in a healthier way and mindfulness is one of those ways and in the first section it talks about modeling mindfulness this is a foreign concept actually doing what you're trying to teach crazy (laughs) mindfulness isn't something that can be outsourced i love that line The best way to teach a child to be mindful is to embody the practice itself. I mean, that's just like anything. Practicing mindfulness meditation for even a few minutes a day can be profoundly beneficial, allowing caregivers to not only share the skills of happiness and acceptance with a new generation, but also take better care of themselves at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I was really mindful yesterday. My boys were in the backyard. We bought a big... uh, it's like an inflatable bounce house yeah. that you can, you know, it's got like a water slide. It's yeah, really yeah. cool, really cool thing. And my wife's sitting there in her in little kid pool, you know, laying out whatever. The boys are sitting there playing. I'm sitting there just watching the whole thing. Yeah. And I was so conscious in that moment, really because I'd read this article, but because of just different discussions we've had, I was so mindful in that moment. I'm not going to think about anything else. All I'm going to do is I'm going to appreciate these two boys playing and hanging out with my my, yeah. my family. Yeah. That's all that was going through my head. So when my mind would drift somewhere else, I would say, nope, let's go back back to the yeah. present moment. Yeah. And I need to be better about doing that in more times during my day. And it's crazy, especially parents out there, when you just stop and look at your kids. Like, very rarely do we stop. Like, usually we're, like, disciplining or coaching or um, planning or we're doing something. When you just stop and you look at your kids – Try not to smile. Like, try not. I guarantee you're sitting there watching your boys play on this deal with a huge smile on your face. 
Well, it's funny you say that because I literally did that with my two-year-old. I just watched him yeah. for 60 seconds. Didn't look at anything else. Yeah. I just watched my two-year-old for 60 seconds. And it was the funniest, <laughs> happiest. Yes. Just, he has not a care in the way. He's just sitting there playing with the hose. He's going down the slide. I'm just watching his facial expressions. Yeah. Like I was fully invested into him for that 60 seconds. Yes. It was the great. I mean, it was. you're exactly right. Yeah. It was so, because I never do that. I never just look at him. And, and think about, I mean, I would say, what percentage of population think that, okay, I'm here, my kids are there, they're safe, let me see what's going on on social media, yeah. or let me answer emails, mm-hmm. or let me do this. And it's funny, like, the modeling, we had this conversation this last week, it was, you know, talking about, okay, as parents, we're like, no, 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 we're not going to give our kids cell phones. Like, we don't want to fall into that trap of giving our kids cell phones. And I don't, the, These devices are evil. 90% of the parents that say that, what do they do when they get home? Your kids see you mm-hmm. on the phone the mm-hmm. entire time. Yep. So modeling that actual presence, like, you wonder why kids are begging to, have their cell, to get cell phones in first, second, third, fourth grade. It's because they see their parents on them. All the time. So no wonder they're going to want that. Like, imagine if parents, we just literally are like, okay, I'm home. Like, I'm, I'm beyond. I'm, if you work, I'm not working, right? If it's dinner time, I'm not answering any calls. If it's time with family, like, crazy concept of not having your phone. And then mm-hmm. you don't have this battle with your kids because they're like, oh, it's not that important. I'm actually more important than that cell phone. Yeah. Like, imagine that idea and concept and modeling that for your kids. Yeah, this, this article talks about that here, here in a second. Um, but what I think about when you're saying what, what you just said is how many of us parents want to capture the moment on our phone, too. And I get it. I get the it's temptation. Right. You want to yeah. remember it for later. You want to yeah. have it documented. I yeah. get that. Yeah. But even that act, even though you're filming what they're doing, it's still taking you away from what's yeah. going on. Yeah. It's still removing your You're a now bit. a third person to this right. situation. Right. Like third party mm-hmm. to the situation. Like it's and it's hard. I, I get it. Like mm-hmm. I was just showing you some pictures of this last week and it was amazing because literally I don't know in any of those pictures if I knew that photographer was even there. I was just gonna say what's cool about the picture you showed me is it wasn't anybody taking those that was like, it wasn't anybody in your family. Uh-uh. You were able to be just as authentic as yes. possible because you didn't even know it was being taken. No clue. No clue. And so it's hard because there's so many special memories and it's so special mm-hmm. to have pictures. And, like, no, not everybody can have a photographer just follow I was going to say, I think the take-home is hire just a photographer, hire a photographer for just, 24-7. Yeah. That's I mean, easy. Makes sense, right? <laughs> but If you really want to be happy, you'll hire a photographer. Yeah, but it, it, it's hard. But also, at the same time, I mean, we still took pictures on our phone, and it was still, like, it was cool. Like, yeah. it still was like, all right, guys, hey. You know, it, having memories, I, I do think that there's, there's some benefits of that. But when it consumes you and, and you're living for recording whatever is going on around you, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, don't, don't, don't let the act of capturing a memory stop you from making, stop you from making a memory. We're all guilty of that. We all want to capture it. But just live in the present moment for a minute. That's gonna you're, that's gonna stick with you longer. Yep. And so you know, based off of what what was just talking about, embodying is really the best way to do it. You know, because I, I sit here and think, okay, mindfulness children, so they've got to be old enough to be able to understand what's going on. Maybe when they're eight or nine, maybe I can start implementing this. Actually, no, you can really start doing things that are gonna set your child up for progress and success in their infant stage. I want to take a quick break and thank our partners, Sleep Number, and highlight a couple of things they're doing. Guys, these Sleep Number beds are unreal. The technology that they've created, the feedback that it gives you on your sleep. I've got the app opened up right here. They tell you things like your heart rate, your heart rate variability, your breathing rate, all these type uh, metrics and feedback to give you so that you can improve your quality of sleep. They're all over the place. You can go and check yourself out at Sleep Number store wherever you live. Go to sleepnumber.com as well. They've got great resources on there. We just talked about this not too long ago. They have a whole blog section, all these articles, things that you can improve your health. Sleep Number is definitely changing the game when it comes to bedding. So get yourself to Sleep Number. Get yourself to sleepnumber.com and check them out. Now back to the episode. And so the article talks about... During the first year of life, the most effective way to share mindfulness with a child is to embody it. 
For parents or caregivers who find themselves upset and out of touch with the present moment, a popular mindfulness exercise known as STOP can be helpful. The S is stop. Just take a momentary pause no matter what you're doing. T, take a breath. Feel the sensation of your own breathing, which brings you back to the present moment. O, observe. Acknowledge what is happening for good or bad, inside you or out. Just note it. And then P, proceed. Having briefly checked in with the present moment, continue with whatever you were doing. How many times do you get frustrated with your kids and just lose your mind and forget all rational thinking, <laughs> all the parenting techniques that they talk about because you're just playing off the emotion of the situation? Jocko talks about this all the time, detaching from the emotion, yeah. literally and physically taking a step back from the moment, giving yourself a second to think logically. We talk about that in so many different contexts, but parenting and how you embody mindfulness, that's a great way to start. Because there's a lot of frustrating moments in the infancy stage. <laughs> you are not you when that baby is three months old. I mean, infancy, toddler, young kids, I mean, it's, it's kind of all the same. And I mean, I'm embarrassed to tell the story, but I think it's important that I'm transparent about it. It's like I'm literally driving, we're driving home from Colorado. And we have a little cooler with like waters and I got the kids Gatorades and um, and so the cooler had like ice, but it had melted. So there was water. Well, it had tipped over. Um, it had tipped over a point in the ride and it was like kind of leaking out. And I was like, I got on the kids in the back seat because it was in the back seat with them. Got on them. And I was like, guys, like you got to be aware, like it can't be tipped over. There's water everywhere. And and so we keep going and um and I'd asked for something or, or to, I told Luca in the back seat to get his sister her water or Gatorade or something. And he's like, oh, it's tipped over. And I lost it. <laughs> lost it. And I'm like, and I literally, and like, and I start like yelling at him. And I'm like, dude, how do you not notice that? How can you not? And I'm like, and I lose it on the drive. And like Tiffany kind of like looks at me. And she's like, it's not a big deal. I'll handle it. But, like, why I would lose that. And I like literally, like, I, I stop, and I'm like, unfortunately, I didn't stop before I reacted. <laughs> yeah. And I literally am like, kids, I'm so sorry. Like, that was totally unnecessary for me to act like that. Like, yes, we need to be aware that, like, it doesn't spill and, like. I'm so sorry. And I literally, I was like embarrassed for the next like 30 minutes. Like, you know, when you're just so embarrassed, you don't even want to talk. Yeah. Like I was so embarrassed because I just reacted. Yeah. Well, what's cool is your kids got to see, well, that, that part sucked, but they yeah. got to see you blow up. Then they got to see you realize your mistake. Yeah. You apologize for it. Uh, and then you do better. Yeah, I just feel and like, that's how you practice mindfulness. That's how you embody mindfulness. I just feel like they're going to remember the freak out, not the apology. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. This is another technique that it talks about in the infancy stage. I actually used to do this. Not even, it was just almost, it was natural. It wasn't like I planned it. It just, it just happened. And it's, it's, uh, they talk about being thankful with every step. It says, for parents with infants, it can be useful to cultivate a sense of gratitude. So while holding your baby, begin walking slowly and deliberately, noticing the feeling of your foot as you step. Then every time you take a step, think about how much you appreciate your child. Silently repeat phrases that capture your gratitude of the experience, such as, I'm thankful for I can hold you. I'm thankful that you're smiling right now. As you turn around and re retrace your steps, think of the ways your life is better because, your because of your child and continue the exercise. I can remember holding my oldest son, and he was a tough, tough baby his first year. He didn't sleep a whole lot his first year. He had really bad reflux, and so he would constantly... You know, is, is it colicky? No, uh, no, it was like it was like it? something. I think something is an esophagus. Okay, wasn't quite developed yet. I think it's fairly common. Yeah, but he would literally, if he drank his bottle too fast, it was like exorcism style. He would throw up everywhere, all over the place, and this would happen a lot. And yeah. so you had to be really mindful of slowly feed him, burp him three or four times, slowly. Feed. So it was a, it was a long, it was a frustrating yeah. process. Yeah. The other thing that was frustrating about him, and I look back now, I'm like, man, I missed that because he doesn't want to yeah. do it anymore, yeah. is he would not, you could not just set him down. You had to rock him to sleep yeah. every night. It was a battle. Yeah. And, and I get, you know, this isn't the time to argue, well, let him cry it out. I'm not, I'm not arguing that right now. Yeah. I'm just saying 
there was a lot of moments where I would sit there and as frustrated as I was that I had to sit there and bounce my son because he wouldn't go to sleep on his own. There was a lot of times where I, and again, this was just natural for whatever reason I had the awareness in that moment that I'm thankful for this boy. Yeah. He is my son. I get to be his father. How awesome is this? And those are some of the best moments that I think back on his infancy stage was just being grateful for him, being grateful that I got to be, they get to be his dad. And how easy it was to go down negativity and be frustrated that I'm having to rock him or being grateful that I do get to rock him and I do get to hold him and I do get to raise him. So that's a cool way to embody. I, think, I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Sometimes even just verbalizing, like when you say, I'm thankful for this. Like, I'm thankful that I get to put you to bed. Yeah. I'm thankful that I get to have dinner with you. I'm thankful. Like when you just verbalize it, like it's crazy how it's tattooed on your brain or heart. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and it just totally changes your mind state in that yeah. moment. You can go from frustration to joy yeah. just by simply verbalizing how yeah. thankful you are. It's kind of like when you're working out. I, I do this sometimes when I'm working out. I'm really suffering. Like it's really, really hard. I'll literally smile, and it totally takes my mindset to a different place. And it, and it just instantly gives me gratitude of I have a physical body that is able to work out right now yep it just takes you so it's really interesting how physical mm-hmm. a physical smile or verbalizing thankfulness and gratitude can actually change your yeah. mindset. and that's in recognizing perspective and workout wise that you know we do we do hero wads uh every friday which is recognizing you know uh first responder military um that have lost their lives in some sort of uh, through a workout like this last week we did one um, honoring one of the teachers down in Uvalde. It's a brand new one. Um, and it was actually really fun. Um, but yeah, they're, they're meant to push you so hard that while you're, you're thinking about quitting, thinking about this is too hard, that in your mind you're like, I'm grateful that I get to do this yes. because the person that we're honoring right now doesn't. And their family wishes that they could be here doing this workout. So I'm going to do, I'm going to go that much harder. And it's crazy. The perspective shift, recognizing perspective that I get to do this. I know like it's kind of become cliche, like, Oh, you get to do it. You don't have to do it. Like I look, it sounds corny, but like, that's one of the great things that I really like about doing like these hero workouts is because it's like, man, we are honoring and it gives us a perspective that yeah, it sucks physically. And it's, you know, my chest hurts and my arms hurt and my legs hurt or whatever it is. But you realize that, like, I get to do this when so many people don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I have the ability to do this. I have the health. I have the mobility to do this. Like, and it just makes it that much better. And the same thing with parents. Like, act, practicing mindfulness. Like, I get to do this. Like, yeah, you're being a little turd at dinner <laughs> and talking about poops and toot. And I just need you to eat. Yeah. But it's like... Gosh, I'm thankful that you have a sense of humor <laughs> and that you like are just dying laughing. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah so. Mindfulness in that moment. So that's how you can implement it. And again, nothing earth shattering there, but that's how you can begin implementing this yep. for yourself through your infant. Cause your babies pick up on that. Yep. They may not have the ability to process it, but they pick up on it. Yep. They pick up on that vibe. And so now getting into the toddler phase and probably the understatement of the article says, Raising children between the ages of two and four can be incredibly rewarding and immensely challenging. (laughs) No No shit. You don't say. (laughs) Even at this young age, toddlers can begin to experience and understand mindfulness. The most effective way to bring mindfulness to to toddlers is, of course, to embody it. Same thing as we just said. And this goes back to what you were talking about earlier. From the time your children are young, try to instill good habits of attention in them by practicing them yourself. Here are some things to try. Don't look at your phone too often when your children are around. Spend time doing activities that promote focus, creativity, and inquiry, such as reading, making art, and having conversations, rather than watching a lot of TV. Treat other people, treat other people kindly, even when you're frustrated and upset, and express gratitude for things in your life you feel thankful for. Four easy things that we can all implement, but so hard in practice. It is, we, we talked about it earlier, it's so easy to be sitting there you know, your son's doing whatever, and you're sitting on your phone looking at Instagram. So easy to do that. For whatever reason, the draw and the capture of that phone, the addiction of that phone is more interesting to us at that time 
than whatever it is our son's doing or our daughter's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, so that point number, what was it? Point number two, spend time doing activities that promote focus, creativity, and inquiry. So last night, I did this after reading the story. I said, all right, we're going to start this new thing at our house. And it's, it's at nighttime before bed, we're going to have creative time. And this is a time where, and last night the way we did it was we literally all got a coloring book. It was a, a Bluey. You yeah. know Bluey? Uh, <laughs> that little dog. Little it's bit, like yeah, an Australian yeah. dog show. My, my youngest son loves it. We all got a coloring book, and we all had a piece of paper. So my wife, me, my two sons, we all had a piece of paper. We all had colors. And we sat there, and we put, uh, like, classical music on in the background uh, on Alexa. And we just sat there for 30 minutes, and we all colored. And we talked, and we just had a time where we were completely immersed in that moment. We got to be creative. We got to color. Like, it's just so strange how your mind works in those scenarios yeah. of creativity. And then we were just, but we were just, the most important thing, there was no TV. There was no distraction. It was just, we were there. That's awesome. And again, this sounds wild that we're having to give, my, give ourselves props for this or having to struggle to try to do this. When I was growing up, that was so normal. Yeah. That was such a normal thing was for us to be together because there weren't so many distractions. Yeah. So you've got to fight harder now just to get back to where we were. <laughs> but Man. it was a really cool, and I want to start implementing that, and we're going to start implementing that nightly yeah. before bed, kind of a wind-down time is just, we'll call it, I don't know, we'll creative time. Yeah. But we're all literally just being creative together. Crazy that the world still went on with you yeah. not answering an email or right. checking Instagram or anything. Oh, it was like, great. Just being present. And it was like, you got to the other side of it and you're like, probably felt recharged. Yep. Probably felt yep. like, I mean, great conversation I'm sure came out of it. I can't imagine. I mean, Coop, the conversations. Yeah, that he talked too much for, for my liking in that moment. But <laughs> 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 that was great because you get to hear, because oh you get to God. hear things that just how go on in his little works, brain. Right? Yeah. And like, think about how much you get to know your kids yes. when you start to like, Instead of just hearing like annoying questions, like you actually are like present enough to recognize and how like how their mind works. Mm-hmm. Like like Rocco, like he's in this like crazy question phase, and it's like so so often it's like so annoying. Like stop asking questions, stop asking questions. But it's like he's asking like legitimate now. Sometimes it's frustrating. It really is frustrating because he asks the same question, gets the answer, and asks the same yes. question again. Yep, we're through that right but now. But like, but at the same time, like. If you are actually like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to the questions, you actually get to see how their mind thinks, think about how much better you know your child yeah. after that. Yeah. Instead of just hearing a question and being annoyed, giving them a quick answer or whatever, like, hey, bud, like, why are you asking that? Like, are you excited about it? Or are you nervous about it? Like, I don't know, man. There's just, there's so much that comes out of like, like being really really locked in and mindful on those on those conversations yeah it is funny how the same question depending on your mind state when he asks it can be a different experience so that's for infants and toddlers now it starts to you start to implement a little bit and your kids can start taking some ownership here so for young children all right i want to take a quick minute to talk about our partner choctaw casino and resort Uh, we are really really humbled uh, and grateful to be a partner for them. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, uh, you've heard how great the resort is there, how great the casino is, the new expansion. They've doubled in size, 3,000 new slots. They've got unbelievable sports bar. They've got unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable movie theaters, arcades for kids. It is endless, the things that they've not only improved but added. Um, but it's just an the, the experience that they provide is second to none. Choctaw Nation has done an incredible job with the community, with philanthropy, with support. Um, they have just done incredible things. So we are extremely humbled and grateful to partner with Choctaw Casino and Resort. Make sure, I know you know it, but it's just a short drive of 75. Go check them out. And now back to the episode. Says so as children develop an early childhood that become capable not only of practicing mindfulness with the guidance of a parent or caregiver, but also of retaining some of these skills and turning them into times of need. Don't make mindfulness something that, <clears throat> sorry, don't make mindfulness something that is turned to only in times of stress. Instead, make mindfulness exercises a regular part of daily routine, an activity in and of itself, just like reading, playing outside, or making art. And rather than making mindfulness seem as if it is only an antidote to irritating situations, 
presented as a tool that can help children explore new sensations, including those that are pleasant, neutral, and unfamiliar. Parents can also continue to embody mindfulness and should feel comfortable meditating in front of their children. Now, again, meditating gets kind of a bad rap depending on who you are when you think about it. Um, I I take meditating in this context to mean just like we did last night, where they see me just being present fully in the moment. But as they get a little bit older now, they can actually start to understand these. Like Cooper understands that time is a time. Now, he doesn't fully get it why we're doing it. But he he is aware that, hey, we're in this moment. There's no distractions right now. Mm. He's fully aware that we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, and this I is where all your kids are is this stage. Yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, meditating is not lighting incense, going into a completely <laughs> dark It can room. be, but I, not, it, it doesn't have be. to be. But I think when it, when, it, when it relates to kids, sometimes it's just sitting and mm-hmm. being still for a little bit and, like, breathing and, like, Really just, like you said, being locked in on that moment. Yeah. Like it, it you, okay, like it is just us and it is just breathing. It's relaxing and it's like, you know, soft conversation. I mean, you really, really just want to be 100%. Because that's what meditation is. It's 100% present in your mm-hmm. body. Focusing on your breathing, focusing on your thoughts, focusing on and, and just like letting things go. And like that's what you can do with your kids and not a hippie type of way yeah, yeah and if for religious people this is your prayer time your yeah. bible reading time. Yeah. this is your med- my dad embodies this literally every morning and for as long as i can remember my whole life he wakes up at 5 15 first thing he does he goes outside he takes his bible and he has 30 45 minutes of just for lack of a better term it's meditation yeah. for him it's prayer it's reading it's reflection it's thinking that's his time to do this quote unquote meditating yeah. And it's cool because, again, I saw, got to witness that as a kid. And now I get to implement that myself and with my kids. Yeah. So as children move through elementary and middle school, mindfulness can be a powerful tool, allowing them to deal with adversity more skillfully and also enhance their understanding of the world and, and themselves. A recent study found that fourth and fifth graders who took a four-month meditation program demonstrated improvements in cognitive control, working memory, and math test scores. Other studies have shown that mindfulness can be especially helpful to children with the attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and also reduce children's aggression, aggression, anxiety, and stress. We talked about this a few episodes. When you're in sports, it makes sense that if I want to be a better baseball player, I'm going to go practice my hitting. I'm going to go practice my fielding. I'm going to go practice my throwing. That makes sense to me. But an element that's often overlooked is the mental aspect of baseball or the mental aspect of the game. Failure, seven out of ten times, still makes you a very successful player. But that's a very hard concept to grasp in sports, is that failure is okay. And so implementing these mindfulness, yes, it's time you're taking away from the actual physical act of practicing your sport, but how much more can it enhance you in your sport? Yeah. How much more can it enhance you in your activity, your band practice, your piano, whatever activity you do, Learning how to be more mindful, learning the skills there of mindfulness yeah. can actually enhance you in those. And I just think, I think um, as a culture, we're so quick, and you mentioned like ADHD and like how quick we're just like, this is how we're going to solve it. You know, get, get him medicated, like get him. And I think, I think my eight-year-old and, and we're in a, we're in a difficult phase with him I mean, he's got, like, the biggest heart, loves to serve, um, and is an awesome kid. But where I think he lacks is he really lacks that, like, mindfulness in the moment. So he misses things, right? Mm -hmm. And he misses direction or he misses, like, he doesn't understand. Like, he'll do – we'll have a conversation about, like, respecting his mom. And a minute later, he, like – says something disrespectful or rolls his eyes or whatever, or like, Hey, keep your hands to yourself. Do not, you know, you are, you are the oldest boy. Your job is to protect, be the protector of your sisters. And then is, is kicking her or pushing her in the pool. Is that protecting your sister? And then you say that, and then he does it again, two minutes later. And what we've found is like conversations with him 
And I need to be aware of this too. I need to be aware of his mindfulness and like, okay, hey, let's let's bring him to that space. And that's why I want to know where those mindfulness courses are because I need to sign up for one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but um, it's it's crazy because like we'll have a conversation and typically we, Tiff, Tiffany and I like to prep our kids before we go places. Like on the way there, we're going to prep you. We're going to set you up for success. So we're going to tell you what expectations are, what the situation's going to be, how we expect you to act, all that. Well, we'll talk to him or we'll talk through a discipline and we'll like very calmly. And if it's more than 30 seconds, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like he's not in that moment. He's not in that conversation. And so like I now every 30 seconds, I'll stop. and I'll be like, hey, can you repeat what I just said? <laughs> Bring you back. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I don't remember. I'm like, I literally. <laughs> and like there's where I have to use the stop right, method. The stop method. Um, but it's. I just, I wonder how much this could help so many kids Mm -hmm. in just actually being mindful because again, there's so much going on in their world, right? Mm -hmm. There's so much change. Everything's so fast. Like their mind is all over the place. Like if you can teach your kids to say, okay, hold on, I'm going to be in here. I'm in the car ride with my parents. This is the only thing that matters is this conversation I'm having with my mom or my dad or my mom and dad and, or my sister, whatever. Like that's what I'm locked into. And I'm actually retaining the things that I get from that conversation as opposed to just like it is with a lot of kids right now. Yeah. And you say teaching and my mind goes to what techniques do I got to use? What, what, what activities should I, the teaching comes from how am I acting? Yeah. Am I on my phone constantly when my my son's trying to talk to me? Yeah. Am I constantly watching TV? Am I always distracted? Yeah. That's how you teach your kid is by embodying it yourself. He's like, what this article's talking about. I mean, and he is one too. I know we can do it. Like he'll literally spend three hours doing a 3000 piece Lego deal. And he's just like directions, like on point, like locks. I mean, like super complicated Lego projects. And he just like loves it and does it. But then like, you ask him to like go pick up a couple things in the in the playroom, and it loses his mind. Doesn't know what to do, <laughs> and it's like, you know what I mean? Like yep. when, when when you can kind of rein in and 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 again, it starts with us. And you're exactly right. Like if we're doing things that implement, because what do they do? They do what they see, mm-hmm. and especially parents, especially dads with your sons, like that is what they're going to emulate what you do because they look up to you and they want to do what you do. If you are doing things that are enhancing your mindfulness, so are they. Yep. Yep. And it wraps up with uh, what you can do with your teenagers. And it says... Kick them out of the house. Yeah. For teenagers, one of the most important ways to engage with mindfulness is through a focus on relationships. Bringing a mindful attitude into conversations, friendships, and even budding romances. In each relationship and even in each interaction, there should be an effort to stay present, listen carefully, and speak with honesty and kindness. For families, one way to ritualize this is to make a point of having dinners together. It's simple, but actually sitting, actually having sit-down dinners can be powerful, just actually checking in. Try each sharing a joyful moment that happened during the day. Also, try to maximize Minimize distractions by putting phones and other devices away during mealtime and try to share a moment of silence before you eat, taking time to be grateful for the company of your family. I don't know how y'all grew up, but my family, we didn't have a lot of money grow up, so we didn't go out to eat. That yeah. just wasn't an option for us. Same. Eating at home was much more cost effective. Yep. Uh, we didn't have cable TV until I was a junior in high school. Obviously, didn't have phones. Yep. They just weren't around. They weren't a thing. So my point in saying all that is family dinners were something we did literally six nights a week, if not all seven. Mm-hmm. We were at the kitchen table. No TV was on. All three of my brothers and my parents every single night. Yep. There's maybe a handful of nights that we missed my entire childhood because, again, we didn't have the money to eat out. Yep. And so that was, I think back now, how brilliant that was of my parents. Out of necessity, one, but... Two, they were mindful in that moment of how important this time is mm-hmm. to be together. And conversations was happening. That's how they got to know us. That's how we got to know them. That was a time that they protected at all costs. Nothing was going to get away in the way of dinner time as a family. Mm-hmm. And I just think, again, <laughs> how novel this is now, yeah. but getting back to that. Because I think of when my family's sitting at home, you know, we're all sitting down together. The TV's on in the background. 
or one of us, my wife or I is on, sitting there on our phone or maybe the iPads in front of us. And so getting rid of all the junk and all the noise and being mindful in that moment of the, of, of being present with each other. Man, I just how think, powerful that is. I just think how much we sacrifice connection for convenience. Mm. Like that time at the table, it's either, all right, let's just grab something because we're in between. You know, we got this, we got that, or it's just easier. I haven't gone to the grocery store. Or, I don't know. It's just easier to do it because I don't want to clean up the mess or what. I mean, I, we have these conversations all the time with Tiffany and I. And it's been, I would say, probably the last two years. And really, it's, it's when we moved out to the town that we live in now, Salina, uh, because the grocery store and the closest restaurant fast food is like 20 minutes, 25 mm-hmm. minutes. So it's like, all right, we got a grocery shop at the beginning of the week, and then I mean, dinners are at home. Like, it's a whole We're deal here. to go out to dinner for us now, which is nice. Uh, so we are kind of forced into it. Um, but even then, like, I typically, my wife is so good about it. Like, she'll have to tell me, like, hey, no phones, please. Like, because I'll be, like, usually either if I'm working at home, you know, I'm still working mm-hmm. and I'm still answering emails or I got calls. Um, but, like, she's so good about this. Like, so good and just... Phones away, and it's like, hey, um, what are you excited about for this week? Or, hey, what is this? Like, really good questions. And my 10-year-old sees her, and she does the same thing. She loves doing this, like, question game. Like, you ask a question, and everybody answers it. Like, loves it. So she's, like, super, super diligent about, like, asking these questions. And and for me, I just catch myself all the time. Like, I'm just like... Around the table because I'm thinking about something else, right? And I'm not practicing that mindfulness, and and I would say probably the last month or two, like it's I've been I've been better about it, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the shift was. I mean, maybe because we were we were talk we've been talking about these things. I mean, honestly, that's probably I can't tell you how much Ben I, I do need to thank you, like your intentionality of these topics, how much that's actually implemented mm-hmm. into our family, and like impacting our family for the positive at least one person's learning yeah so and i don't think ben much no i appreciate for that very, for for very yeah. much but literally though like and it's so funny because i'll bring up these topics with other people that we're talking about and it's like i'll catch myself like oh i need to actually i need to make sure that i implement it but like this is one that has made a huge difference in my relationship with my 10 year old daughter and my eight-year-old um, just because they're at an age where now, okay, hey, they've got relationships that they're going through relationship challenges at school um, or cheer or sports or whatever. And like, I'm actually getting to hear these things because I'm actually having these conversations, one, asking it, mm-hmm. and then two, I'm actually paying attention to it. Yeah. And it's been, it's been really, really a, a great time for, but again, Tiffany leaves that. She's so good at like, just very intentional about these things. But again, it's fun to see like my 10 year old, like have, and what it does teach in, in this, what, what I will say that, and, and, I, and I felt this last night, and I know I'm kind of all over the place because I'm like super excited about this, but is like the mindfulness, I really truly believe translates over to emotional intelligence. Mm. My 10 year old, um, we let babysit last night. And if you are law enforcement or, um, or <laughs> child protective services. Yeah, yeah. CPS turn it off right now <laughs> but we let her babysit last night it was a big big deal big like deal. a really big deal and we had a, a home group um and it was really really close to our house just a quick 23 miles away and um <laughs> and so like literally like she has because really and again credit to tiffany but like the intentionality like she i'm t- we're talking to her on the phone as we're driving home and i felt like i was talking to a 20 year old yeah. Like, because she was aware that Rocco, my, my five and a half year old, one of the twins, like missed me. So what did she do? She was tell, talking to him about stories about this last week in Colorado and favorite times with daddy mm. at Colorado and put him to sleep like that. <laughs> like that he was so like awesome. losing his mind. And my 10 yeah. year old daughter like was aware enough and in the moment enough to say, okay, Hey, I know you miss daddy, but Hey, what was your favorite thing you did at wind river ranch with dad? And you know, what, uh, what was the silliest thing that you did? And it was just like, I'm talking to him like, Frank, I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. Like in your 10. Yeah. Now I'll attest your 10 year old. She's, she's different. Yeah. And, but imagine you giving her a phone 
when she was 10, like a lot of parents do. And she wasn't mindful and she wasn't present in the moment. Yes. That, that, that moment would never have happened. Never. She'd be on Instagram. She'd be doing whatever. Yeah. But be, to your point, because she's mindful, because she's in the moment, now she's able to have emotional intelligence and realize what's needed. Yeah. That's a great story. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, just, and if you're sitting here thinking, well, this is a struggle for me and this is hard. And uh, of course it is. Yeah. Don't think that you're doing it wrong because when you're trying to be mindful, your mind still drifts. Your mind is going to drift. That's just, it's a skill. It's like anything. You have to practice it. Mm-hmm. And so that was what I kept repeating myself yesterday in the, when we were out in the backyard was when my mind would drift, Hey, it's okay. Bring it back to the present. Yeah. You're going to have to do that a lot at the beginning. Yes. That's just, that's just part of it. When you're trying to figure this yeah. out, you're trying to get better at it. That's going to happen a lot. Your mind's going to travel all over the place. Yeah. It's not bad that it goes places. Yeah. It's how long do you let it drift? Yeah. Yep. How quickly do you bring it back to center for whatever it is that you're focusing yeah. on? And again, if breathing practice is something you want to implement, great, do that. But it doesn't just have to be. Breathing practice. It doesn't yeah. have to be sitting in a quiet room. That's a great way to start. That's uh-huh. a great way to do it. Uh-huh. But it can be in these moments when you're with your kids, and instead of whipping out your phone to take pictures, you're just literally there, present, yeah. and appreciating it. It's like, I mean, it really is like anything else. Like, it really does start, one, with awareness. Like, like you said, you've got to be aware of where your mind is going in that moment. And, like, be conscious of it. And if you're aware, and we've talked about it about multiple other habits, right? Just being like just being aware of where it's going, right? We talked about that internal dialogue. I'm aware that, okay, it's negative self-talk or is it positive? Just be aware, catch it first. Same thing with this. It starts with being aware and then, you know, trying to implement it and implementing it, again, baby steps to grow. But I promise you, I promise you, and I'm not perfect and this is not you, this is not me and Ben. This, the the coddling of the American mind kind of started this for us. I mean, uh, there's, 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 studies that we've done and books that we've talked about in the past that have helped that. But like the coddling the American mind really got started for us on this and we're implementing it now. But very quickly you will find that it starts with awareness, then it starts with implementation, then it starts to become habit, mm-hmm. and then it starts to become cravings. Like I'm starting to get to the place where like I'm craving that quiet. I'm craving that intentionality. I'm craving those moments. And like, I think about my phone and it, and my phone is starting to become, and it was hyper intensive this last week, but like, I even think of it as like, oh, this is just kind of annoying. <laughs> now I'm putting it away because like, there's so many great things that are happening around all of us in our lives that I just neglected before, mm-hmm. neglected to even recognize we're there. Yeah. And it's, man, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool feeling. And that's what I, I think I was kind of, I said is like, I used, I would come back with anxiety after a time off. And now I'm like, come on, let's go. Like yeah. it is what it is. Because I can't change the future. I can't change the past. The only thing that I can control is what I do right in this moment. So like dive headfirst into what you can actually control in that moment and I te- I'm telling you, it's a free, it's a totally freeing feeling. Absolutely. Amen. And the article ends with this. It's hard to remember to be mindful when you have this busy personal and professional life. But if we learn to see the act of parenting as a practice itself, it can open up a whole other level of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's a great way to end it yeah. is, to your point, awareness is the first step. Yeah. Being aware that this is an issue, being aware something we can improve and then implementation taking action on that awareness and again that article is what is mindfulness and why do kids need it uh by the new york times just go to google that's all i did as i li- and i literally typed in what is mindfulness and why do kids need it it pops right up yep. um because again just like anytime we read something we don't read everything we just take the main highlights so if you want to read more you want to learn more about it it's also got cool little exercises you can click on it's very interactive art it's not just like an article of words it's very interactive. So go check that out. Uh, what is mindfulness and why do kids need it? I'm telling you, if we can start implementing this to our kids young, yep. they're going to be so much better off. Yep. Their, their life's going to – now, all, not all problems will go away, but they'll be able to handle those problems and deal with those problems in a much healthier way mm-hmm. than if we didn't implement this. Yep. So hopefully that's helpful to you guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. If you did, please help us by sharing the podcast. We're on all podcast platforms, whatever you listen to, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify. 
Help us out by giving us a five-star rating if you liked it. Giving us some construction feedback, leaving a review. Um, and then also follow us on Instagram at one.shot.pod. Anything else, Ty? Any, any closing thoughts? Oh, man. I was, I was, that was good. Thank yeah. you for thank for pulling that article up and, and sharing that because I think we all needed to hear it. For sure. For sure. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July. That's this weekend. Happy yeah. Independence so we, Day. Yeah, so we won't have an episode on the 4th of July. We'll be back on Wednesday of next week. Um, but, yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Be fun. Have fun. Be mindful. Be in the yes. moment. Yes. Enjoy. Yes, be mindful when the fireworks are being lit off. Don't be on your phone. <laughs> People, no, it's too, right. no, it's not too soon. People will lose fingers. Yes, yeah. JPP, shout out. <laughs> no, but seriously, try to enjoy the weekend. Try to be present in the moment. Yep. Don't yep. just constantly think about what's next. Yep. So anyway, have a great time. We'll see you guys next week.